Today on the show, we're talking about the Diderot Effect. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Mike and Trevor. And today we're talking about the Diderot Effect. So, Mike, Trevor, I find this concept so fascinating. Yeah, I, I do too. wonder if you could just give us, our listeners, a brief definition of the Diderot Effect. Yeah, so based on, again, we're going to, of course, touch on an article, and this one is by Joshua Becker. He is, um, he's a minimalist. He writes on becoming minimalist, and so just give a little bit of kind of a definition. So Joshua Becker, in a little kind of one word, set, one sentence here, says that the Diderot effect is the introduction of a new possession into a consumer's existence will often result in the process of spiraling consumption. Yeah, and it's it's the Diderot effect is named after an 18th century French philosopher named Denis Diderot. So that's kind of where it comes from. He came up with this philosophy that 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 people will buy things. Uh, if they buy something, they'll they'll buy some sort of accessory to enhance that that thing. So that's kind of where where it came from. And, and what I love about this is, I mean, if anyone out there has taken a philosophy course, if I've taken a, a two, and in those courses, the things you learn are kind of obvious or, or seem obvious after you learn them. And I think that is why, I mean, this of this philosopher actually, it's actually named after him because. It's this kind of this effect, this this thing that happens in our lives to everyone, but we don't actually realize it until again Dennis Diderot actually stopped us in our tracks and gave this thing a name. Well, and, and you you get that this is we're not talking about math again. We're talking about philosophy, a, a behavior that that's been identified as a chronic behavior. That's what we're discussing today. Not not a mathematical problem. That's personal finance tends to be a behavioral issue. So, like, have you guys heard of the Diderot effect before we kind of started looking into this episode? I, so, I did hear about it. So, I, I read the book, uh, The Wealthy Barber Returns, which I highly recommend. It's if, which, if nothing. Which, by the way, is now in our book list on our website. Thanks to Nathan, who reminded us that we had mentioned putting a book list on our website. And it's actually live now. And I want to say this book is, is, it's informative, but it's extremely entertaining. I mean, I must have broke into laughter countless times. And my wife would... I always ask me, "What are you, are you sure you're reading the same book? You know, a, a personal finance book." So it's super entertaining. But in there is there's a chapter on the Diderot effect, and that's where I first heard about it. Mike, have you heard of the Diderot effect? Is this new to you? Uh, it's a concept that that isn't new to me. The idea, like, uh, it's something I think I was aware of. It's something that I think uh, I think society's aware of, but I, I don't know if like I knew the name of it. And I think it's the case with a lot of things where society's aware of something, but they just didn't realize there was a there was a formal concept around it. But do you, but do you guys think they're actually? Do you think you're actually consciously aware of this? Like, I don't think society as a whole is consciously aware of this. I mean, I didn't realize this even was a phenomenon until I read this article. No, and I think it happens to people every day. They just don't they don't realize that it's a it's a condition or or a symptom of a problem that's been officially you know diagnosed and named. I think that that brings it to another level. Like I I think other things are maybe more common. I mean I think the kind of the keeping up with the Joneses phenomenon where you you actually see someone get I'm gonna say a truck and you're and then you're like I want a truck too. Like I think that's a little bit more obvious. See that doesn't even have a name though. The keeping up with the Joneses is just an—it's ex- an expression. It's not some uh, highly educated person who's who's diag- you know diagnosed human behavior and said you know this is a thing. Keeping up with the Joneses is just an—it's ex- literally just an expression. I don't think it's ever been 
diagnosed as a condition or a symptom of a problem. Oh, no, I don't think so either. But I, but th- I think that's why this is this is such an interesting kind of philosophical thing is because we don't realize it's happening. So I think it'd be great if we if we could talk about some examples where maybe we've fallen victim to the Diderot effect or or common examples that our listeners would better understand it. So here here's one where you maybe you buy a new suit or maybe you got a suit at Value Village for thirty five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> could happen, right? It, it's happening. It just me. just theoretically. But let's just say you buy a brand new suit for $300 and you put on your old dress shoes and they look horrible, right? And you say, I, I, I got to get new shoes now. I bought this new suit and my shoes look like 1972. I got to get new shoes to go with this new suit. So there's that's the Diderot effect. It, even, it, even if the shoes are still functional and they're still comfortable, you'll feel inclined to buy new ones to match the updated suit. So, so Trevor, I want to talk about that because, I mean, you travel for work. It's just the nature of your job. And I know you've mentioned before that you will see kind of, you'll, you, you'll be able to tell that maybe your shoes are more dated than some of your coworkers at these other offices. But that's not the Diderot effect because the rest of my clothes match my shoes. So I may be completely outdated and not in fashion, but at least I'm consistently from, from head to toe. <laughs> I, 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 I'm completely out of fashion. <laughs> at least we're consistent people see you when you're traveling and you're like do, do we walk into the 1980s Someone goes, is this 1982 <laughs> i'm here <laughs> 1982 called they want their clothes back but but trevor do you is that kind of a motivator or did subconsciously was that a motivator for you not to maybe update your shoes or update your your pants or your shirt because then you have to do it all like was that ever a thought process or were you just enjoying your 1982 style well, I think I was the last person to get the call that pleats <laughs> aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> so but I found out pleated plant pants went out of date. Uh, probably I was five years you know, behind the party on that one. If anyone but has pleated pants, this is your, uh, this is your uh, warning. <laughs> Hold on to those. They're coming back. Uh, but I, I, I don't think... I, so I think being caught up in fashion, it, it, that's, a, that's another problem or condition or... Uh, thing that needs to be resolved uh, the Diderot effect is is accessorizing your fashion beyond you know sensibility and and th- it does go beyond fashion i mean joshua becker lays out a couple examples here as well and it can creep into every aspect of your life so one of the examples he just throws out here is that you bring home a new couch and all of a sudden your end tables are no longer as nice as that couch and they need replacing the worst time for stuff in your house is uh, when you move. Like I, I know I'm about to, to move at the end of the month and uh, it always comes where you go to move into your new house and all of a sudden you need new, you know, like you said, end tables, you need new like dishware, like all of a sudden it seems like you need all this new stuff and you're, uh, it just starts stacking up. But you know, sometimes you move to a new place and you want a new fresh beginning, a new fresh start. And I don't think that's a Diderot effect. I think you know, so you're moving from, you well, know, maybe... Well, no, because... I think, I think it is to an extent, but I think you can you can put limits around it, which I think I think it's good that that happens, but it still is because, well, getting that new house, you're moving, like, you know, renting that new place that, that's costing you money, and then all of a sudden you're adding stuff on top that, well, now I need this, I need that. I, I think I think it is. It maybe it is, I, I yeah. think it's easier to put limits around. Joshua Beckert, his articles, has that's one of the examples. We move into a new home and use the occasion to replace an existing bedroom set with a new one. 
Yeah, that that that, that I guess that does qualify as a digital effect. It's anything like it, based on like my understanding of the definition is anything that's new and something else kind of comes along with it, and you feel in your mind should come along with it. When you start stacking new on top of new, you probably, you know, if you peel back the onion, there probably the Ditter effect has has arrived. Would you say that's a, a a good way to sort of spot that? Yeah, yeah. Like if if there's a, a chain reaction of of needing new or needing to to add new like something into your life, I think that's a chain reaction. Now, it, what if you take what if you take on a new activity? Like, what if you decided to take up a new hobby? And that hobby requires some equipment. Here, so I, I've decided to get back into running, and uh, I bought an armband case for my phone. Uh, yeah, for my phone. And then I, I bought some, <laughs> some. Wait for it. Wait for it. Some sweat, sweatproof Bluetooth earbuds. <laughs> They're very unique to running. <laughs> They're not at They're, all like any other ones. So, is that a Diderot effect? The fact that I took up a new interest and then I, f- I, I think that is. I think it is. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, but but I think I think that's that's okay. Like I think it goes back to like even the house thing where it, it there's a very um, defined period. There's a very defined change happening in your life that that's very like we always say deliberate. You're deliberately moving to a new house. You're deliberately starting that new hobby. So you can very carefully um, and skillfully move your way. Ar- uh, around that Diderot effect and, and make sure you handle yourself uh, uh, fully. I think it's when you do it and you don't realize it. That's the problem. And Trevor, I think a, I think a bit of it though is kind of the awareness piece. I mean, this Diderot effect would get out of control if you if you started running and use that as an excuse to buy new new shorts and new shirts and and new reflective vests. And like that would kind of I think it's the awareness piece and and not making an activity or something new an excuse to bring other things along with it. That's a good point is, is you almost you can't go the other way. You can't say, oh, I'd like some new Bluetooth headphones. I better start running like you, you can't go the other way with the Diderot effect. Like that's just asking for problems. True. Yeah, I see that. But if you bought the headphones, I think, well, I better start running or do something with them. Yeah, that, that that's another problem. But what if you what if you went into, say, running and you went into it saying before I start, I need all of this stuff. So the Diderot effect is it kind of creeps in on you. Right. But if you went in and said, OK, I need shoes, I need shorts. I need, uh, you know, something to hold my phone before I can start running. So if you put parameters around it, this is all I need, and then I can begin this activity. Is that the Diderot effect? If you if you sort of go into it knowing the full cost of what you're doing, I want to say, I want to initially say yes. I think that is, but I think that's the extreme side of it. I because I think there's there's the side where if you're saying I want to try running out. And you go out and you buy all this stuff to say, okay, for me to start running, I need all this. And you don't end up like running. I think that's where the effect has won. Whereas I think if you say, well, okay, I'd like to start running and, you know, I don't have a good pair of running shoes and you just go buy a pair of running shoes. I think that's better like that way. See, I, I think, okay, so so maybe the thing I described, I need all this stuff before I can be running. That's, that's, that's wrong and that's a problem. But I think the Diderot effect is this, it's this thing that creeps in on you. It, it's not this... In this you know big uh well thought out purchase even if it's wrong you know i thought this through and i need all this uh, the Diderot effect is it, it just keeps sneaking up on you 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 just need this one more accessory to complete you know whatever it is you're trying to put together so you're saying that if so you wanted to start running and you go and buy a pair of running shoes like you, you say 
you know, one day I'm going to go running and that day you go buy running shoes and you start. And then it's, it's a week later you say, Oh, you know, it'd be nice to have, I need something to hold my phone. Yeah. It'd be nice to have something to hold my phone. And that's and, the and month effect. after month after month. I, and I think that's the dangerous part of the Diderot effect is, is when, when it's all these little things over time that start adding up. But I, I think that is the Diderot effect, you know, you know, buying stuff, uh, for a hobby and going overboard, that's another problem altogether. Because, because Trevor, the, we always you you, you describe the, the Diderot effect, effect as well to running I, I think perfectly. It, is it just keeps creeping in? You know, I just need this one more thing, this one more thing. Because Trevor, we always say like that running. When we've looked at hobbies and activities, and we always say that running is kind of the easiest hobby. All you need are some clothes. Hopefully, everyone is wearing clothes when they're outside. And, and shoes. So technically, the only thing you need to be able to run is a pair of shoes. Everything else is technically kind of an, an addition. I think the, so I, I, think I the, like that court. The thing without the clothes is called streaking. So it's, not, <laughs> it's not even running. It's got its own, it's its own please, sport. Please, please, <laughs> please wear clothes when you but run. I, I, I like what Courtney said that it, it, it's it's the bare minimum. Like like everything beyond the bare minimum is the Diderot effect. I, I like that. That that. Uh, so, so like if, if you're going out and getting all the extra stuff above and beyond um, the shoes, that's when the Diderot effect starts setting in. It's just the bells and whistles of all of it. So Mike, you're saying, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to make a distinction and, and you keep moving away from that. And I'm starting to agree with you. So by me thinking this through saying for me to run, I need all this ancillary equipment. And by me thinking that far in advance, I, 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 can, I can stand back and say, okay, I never fell victim to the Diderot effect. Whereas the other person who who adds a little bit each week to their arsenal of running, they did. So you're. But yeah. I'm I'm gonna say that, that that person who said I need this whole arsenal of stuff and goes in and gets it all right away. I'm saying that's still part of the Diderot effect. No, I, and I'm starting I, to agree with you. I, okay, okay, because yeah. okay, yeah, because I I think and and I'm not even saying that like to go out and get extra stuff eventually. I, I don't think that's wrong either. But I think like we always say, you need to be deliberate with what you're doing. Well, you might be a better better because you didn't go out and buy all the stuff all at once just to find out you didn't like running if you went and got an accessory every week to support that that interest it's still the ditto effect but you're you're probably one step better than the person that just went and showered themselves in all the accessories all at once and then maybe they run the risk of not liking that activity but but do you guys think that the ditto effect can be framed more in a positive and negative light so do you think we all kind of every person succumbs to the Diderot effect is just kind of how our behavior around it or towards it. So if if we if I mean having an armband when you run, I mean Mike, I know you just got a new one that probably really in, like it really adds value to your running experience. So I mean I th- I think yes you do run and that's an it's kind of maybe that is a part of your Diderot effect. But I think it's I think it's framed in a very nice positive way. Because I think at that point you're you're, ju- you're justifying and you're doing something very deliberate. Like you're you've you've taken the time to think about how will this improve my my running experience. And I've thought about like like I think if you take the time to think about it, I think that's when it's okay. But it, it's when you just go out and get it just because like it would look I, nice I it, or it would yeah yeah or you you don't really like or you think I might like it. Like I think that's a really dangerous word to say. Is I might like this. This might be good to have. That's I think a dangerous word to say. Well, for me, I know I've fallen victim to the Ditter effect. You need if another thing I bought headphones is replacing something that still has. No, well, I, I'm going to give you another example. Whereas the thing I bought still is replacing something that still had functional utility. So the the best example I've heard of is is if you, say you get a new kitchen, forty thousand dollars. So we're talking big scale here. 
And let's say you have 20-year-old appliances in that brand new $40,000 kitchen. People that would come and look at your kitchen and say, oh, I can't believe you spent $40,000 in a kitchen and you haven't upgraded these appliances yet. And if I were to say, well, they still work fine. You know, the, the fridge still keeps food cold. The stove still cooks food. You know, why would I replace them? So if I'm replacing those appliances, that is is the utopia of the Didier effect. That is, you know, where you're dropping huge money on appliances to replace appliances that still have functional utility. They still meet that functional utility need. Because I think, yeah, like we said before, once you go above the basic need, that's when the Didier effect is going to start setting in. If you spent $40,000 on a kitchen, obviously you're doing it because you want a kitchen to look nice. And then you, you, you keep your 20-year-old appliances still in that kitchen. Have you just wasted $40,000? Or should you put new appliances in there to, and finish the job off properly? I'm, I'm thinking when you kind of go to sell, someone may maybe shake their head and not appreciate the kitchen because of and the quote-unquote eyesore of the appliances. Like, where, where, does it, where does it stop where you, you didn't finish the job, you sort of did it halfway you know, even though those appliances work, if you were going after a, a cosmetically pleasing kitchen and you didn't replace the appliances, it di- didn't you fall short of your goal? I, I think so. I think you did because like to your, your thing you said there is uh, if you're going for a cosmetically pleasing kitchen is, well, the kitchen before you, you upgraded it with $40,000 in, still in renovations, it, it still made food. It still functioned. So I, I'd say, yeah, you've only gone part way with that. And, and I, I don't know, as you were saying that, all I could picture was this really ugly looking <laughs> kitchen where it's like, it's half this like really modern looking kitchen and half a... Uh, um, uh, from the era where your suit came from or, or your pleated pants or whatever it was we were talking about before. So I, I think the key is, though, to go in re- renovating the kitchen knowing part of the cost of doing that is upgrading all those appliances. So, so Trevor, I want to talk about that. So we, we, when we purchase anything, we're like, oh, it's only X amount of dollars. But in reality, is it always going... In reality, so before you purchase that, should you say it's going to be... And then you have to add, kind of add in the cost of the fridge, add in the cost of the of the uh, the oven and stuff like that. Well, marketing is is done that way to to get you in the door to to get you in at the lowest cost base. So they try to market to you it only costs this much, but by the time you finish the job, you know you you might double that number. Had you known that going in, maybe you wouldn't have started that kitchen renovation. But they that's marketing, right? That's how it gets you in there. So I think it's important to know. To, to know all the costs and know your intentions up front. I, so for me, in engineering, I, like, we, we do calculations and we, we have to consider different effects, you know, like the effects of, of different uh, like loads or different things acting on, on um, elements that we're designing. And, and if we're not considering these, uh, these effects, it, you know, at the end of the day, your, your structure is not going to be sound. And I think it's the same thing where if uh, you got to account for the Diderot effect when you're, when you're figuring out the cost of these, like, I think you're not uh, being responsible if you're not considering that effect. So you need to, you're saying you can't avoid the Diderot effect. You just need to be aware of it and account for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. So, like to your point of the kitchen, I, I think like if someone said, oh, "Holy smokes, there's an extra forty dollars here for the for the fridges and whatnot," I, I'd say that like, why are you so surprised? Like, you got to account for that. Like that that's the Diderot effect. Like, so, so the, I, I think the Diderot effect's not always a bad thing. It's it's just a thing, but it, it can be a bad thing in certain situations, particularly maybe with clothing and accessories for clothes. But but some 
sometimes the Diderot effect is just a thing. It, it, it just exists and you just need to be aware of it. Yeah, and, and as long as you're aware of it and you account for it, I, I think that's fine. Uh, so I, I do want to throw like it. Here, wait, wait, here's an example. Here's an example. Um, when you go to buy a car, uh, there's the cost of the car. So say say you're buying a, a used th- uh, Honda Civic three years off a of lease, like we always promote. And, um, uh, you know, there's the Diderot effect of that, right? Where you're going to have the cost of uh, licensing it, the cost of um, the insurance you have to buy for it, the cost of the gas you're going to have to all of a sudden now have to put into the car. So that's that's all of a sudden, like, like that's not, like that's just part of it. That, like you said, that's the fact. So I think that you just got to account for that. So I, know, I think we're I think we're moving away from the Diderot effect. Here. No, this, so the di- no, that Diderot. that counts as the Diderot effect. That's kind of what well, that's one of Joshua Becker's examples actually is when he purchased a new car because there's all the things that come along with it. So when you think you are financially set to purchase a new car, you have to look around and ask, can you afford maybe the pieces, the parking pass that you might have to buy for it, and 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 the 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 type of gas it takes. So I think that that definitely would count. I guess that was a good example, Mike. <laughs> you hit it on the head there, Mike. <laughs> I, was about to I swear I didn't read the article. I was about to shut that down. Hard. No, but I, and that's where that's why I think the Diderot effect is so interesting is because it comes in ways that we wouldn't expect. I, I think I personally think and maybe my own definition of it is that you have to if you I guess some, I think you have control over some of it sometimes. So like when running example, if you you can just cut it off at new shoes and you can run with your phone in your hand and, and kind of just wear whatever you have lying around your home. But I think for some of the things you have to kind of, I mean, even like even like having having children or having a new car. I mean, I know we always say you can't put a cost on having kids, but that you kind of have to be aware of all the other costs that may or may come along with it. Well, I, I think fashion is one where it, it can get away on you, right? It, it you need to, if you want to, the cost of being extremely fashion forward is, you know, a lot of times masked by all the accessories. And the suit in the shoes is a, is a great example. I mean, I, I couldn't wear one of these fancy shiny suits, you know, these ultra modern suits, because I, I, my shoes would look like work boots, you know, w- with that suit. So I, I think you, you, if, I guess with fashion, you kind of move away from the functional utility of of the article of clothing or the the footwear, and, and I, I maybe it's my age as a factor. I I, I think that people could avoid the Ditto effect by not getting caught up in fast fashion. And I was gonna say, I think I mean again, I don't want to stereotype for for either gender, but I mean, I, may, I feel like guys' fashion maybe a little bit more kind of uh stable i mean than than female fashion just because i mean i i know i personally walk into i live in live in ottawa so we have a nice big uh the rito shopping center and i walk into some stores like just forever 21 h&m just throw out kind of two names and i i i realize i'm just like way out of touch with 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 fashion and then it's kind of like where do you start so i think if you do like we always say if you go thrifting if you kind of just just accept that you're not going to be wearing kind of the, or, or not accept, but just don't kind of wear the latest and greatest to kind of always be content. And I think the other dangerous part of when you do get the latest and greatest or you do get new clothes is, is that side effect of all your other clothes your, uh, that are already in your closet are going to seem very inferior. Like all of a sudden your new clothes become your favorite clothes and there's a lot of clothes sitting in your closet that you really don't like anymore. And I think that's where it can creep up on you, that Diderot effect. That's very true. That's and a great point, Mike. So yeah, I love that one. We did a, a, a show on thrifting, and if you 
are always buying, say, secondhand clothes, you're ne- that's never going to be an issue, right? You're never going to have this brand new pair of jeans that you're trying to find a brand new shirt to go with. You know what I mean? You're, everything will look like it's somewhat worn. But as well, I, I think there's the positive to the Diderot effect is that, um, like, say, say you got a, uh, you've had a white shirt for like 10 years. You know how, like, after you wash it whoa, so many whoa, times, whoa, it whoa. starts to... You can't, have a, you can't have a shirt that's 10 years old and white. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Those things don't okay, this, 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 this is my point. This is my point. I, I, I'm building on this here. <laughs> okay, so it, you, you buy a white shirt... And 10 years goes by and it's battleship gray. Why do you still have a white shirt? Why do you still have a shirt after 10 years is my question. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I have shirts that are 10 years old. Okay. So 10, 10 year old shirt, battleship gray. I have it for a reason. And to me, cause I've had it for 10 years and it's slowly gone to battleship gray. I don't realize that, that it's, that it's, it's battleship gray. So then I go to buy a new white shirt and that shirt is, I'm going to, I'm going to realize how, battleship gray that is and how i wow i've had that shit for 10 years and i'll give myself one a pat on the back and i might realize this it's time to retire this shirt so like i think there can be a a bone like a plus to it but i think it can also be a dangerous thing like i think you have to like just be aware of that 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 there's going to be that side effect to it uh to buying new clothes and having new clothes go into your uh your your closet yeah yeah in your closet mike yeah yeah you need a clothing intervention (laughs) (laughs) from your from your uh podcasting family and community no but i think that's a i think that's a really good example of how so the the moral of the story is buy battleship gray shirts (laughs) and then you can keep them for more than 10 years yeah so moving kind of through this article uh, joshua becker has some some thoughts on kind of how to overcome the Diderot effect. And again, I, I, I he, w- he uses the word overcome, but I think we've kind of explored that it's not always a negative thing, that it's just something kind of maybe even have to accept or, or, or appreciate. So the first one here and um, how we might overcome the Diderot effect is become aware it's happening. Yeah, this one is you need it an accountability partner. Like for, for, for me, it's my wife and she keeps me honest on a lot of things. And a lot of times you can't count on yourself to know what's happening because you're caught in the weeds. Like you're, you're caught in the moment. You know, you, you can generally convince yourself of most anything. And so, so so when you're, when you're on that Amazon page with those uh, Bluetooth headphones staring you down. Yeah. And my, my wife started, well, she hasn't not been, she hasn't been a great help recently, but she usually is right. She usually can, can say, uh, and, and, and how is that different than the one you already have? Or, you know, and, and, she she's she does it in such a gentle way that you know she's not you know questioning my sanity. She's just sort of opening my eyes or asking the questions I should be asking myself, and she's just asking them for me. And then when we get to the answer to those questions, sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I think it's pretty hard to count on yourself to make sure you're where it's happening. Yeah, I, I wanna I wanna throw something out here. What do you think of the the whole thing of um? multi-purpose or um or not multi-purpose like a uh, single functionality so like uh i hate to throw your your bluetooth headphones underneath the bus here but i know you have you you got sets for for uh like you had a set for the morning you had a set for running you had a set for the evening and stuff so like a, a, what about that is is that part of the ditter effect would you guys say that 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 uh you you try to uh you, you try to uh give uh uh rationale to having having multiple things do the same 
fundamental purpose at the end of the day. I think that's called an obsession. Well, no, you can have, uh, so a kitchen gadgets are a good example. You can have a very specialized uh, kitchen tool and it just does this job really well and it makes your life, you know, if you, I don't know, if you slice a lot of cheese, you could get a, 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 a special cheese slicing machine and, and it, it could just make your life a lot easier. Even Or, or uh, a, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I, I, I use a, a special food processor for making, um, say, salad dressings and I have a no, sort of a general purpose uh, food processor for everything else. And that that the special purpose one, it cleans up quick and it's small and it's just the right size. There's things that can, there's specialized tools that can make life a lot easier. And, but the Diderot effect is, I guess it is kind of an accessory to, to, to cooking in general. But I, I think there's a place for specialized things if its functional utility is impactful. You've mentioned that you have kind of this uh, multi-purpose uh apple peeler core chopper did, did getting that kind of specialized individualized tool maybe opened up the floodgates to purchasing other specialized tools like that as well for the kitchen so just for the listeners so what this is is it's a it's a machine and it's it's not something you plug in it's got a hand crank and it peels slices and cores apples all at the same time and it's great for making a great big tray of apple crisp or apple pie or, or anything. And that thing is the difference between making an apple crisp and not making an apple crisp. That, that, that thing, it, without that tool, apple crisp wouldn't happen. So for I, you, I believe... For you personally, though, because I, in, I know... In, in my house, apple crisp would not happen without that tool. So for me... That that's not the Diderot effect of, of cooking. That is a specialized tool that meets a very specific need. But that's but how, that's how I sold it to my <laughs> wife. <laughs> but has it has it opened up the floodgates to for you to justify purchasing other specialized tools that maybe you, you know, didn't quite need? You know what it has because because I I thought you know this works so this specialized tool added so much value that this uh, avocado coring tool it's going to bring the same joy to my life as this this apple machine did and it turned is, out is it that didn't. actually a thing an avocado coring tool yeah well what it, yeah it does it slices and huh. scoops the avocado all in one motion and it turns wow, out okay it turns out don't get one because it, okay, it, okay. it's not a game changer it's, it's but i think that that's a good example of how uh, the whole rationale you can keep applying that and and thinking oh well this works so well this time and you applied it to another thing and so to your point Courtney it did open the door to that and it did actually end up backfiring on me but at least at least it kind of ended there I mean I, there are there is a limitless number of kind of specialized tools that chop things and grind things and 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 i think we can kind of and maybe so pretend you got satisfaction from the avocado core and slicer you could have got one more and then maybe one more but you know you need to stand back and just say you know what's the task and what are the accessories so cooking is a pretty broad thing right it's it's pretty open-ended saying you know i need accessories for cooking and, and where do you cut that off but i looked at apple crisp as something we really liked and this tool helped make that possible. So it's not really a cooking tool accessory. It's an apple crisp accessory, if, if that makes so sense. So I, I feel like it goes back to that whole thing, like the 
uh, you always ask with the minimalism is, will this add value to my life or how much value will this thing add to my life? So like, obviously for you, you're, you're a big fan of Apple Crisp. So it adds a lot of value to your life that you get to have Apple Crisp. And I, I like that one. I also like applying what's the functional utility of this tool? You know, how much of it is neat and how much of it is function? And for us, this was the difference between having Apple Crisp and not having it. So to me, the functional utility, this Apple coring machine was paramount because without it, that, that particular dessert would never happen. And, and so Trevor, like what I'm gathering from all this is that you are, you, you've checked off number one of uh, how we might overcome the data effect. You are aware that this is happening and it's, it's all conscious. Yeah, I, I think so. But it requires a, a partnership with somebody because I don't think you can do be, I don't think you can create the awareness on your own. Like you, you could, you could fall victim to the Diderot effect unless somebody is there helping open your eyes to, Hey, this is happening. Even if it's a friend or a coworker, someone to kind of bounce it off of. I think that's very, very valuable. So let's move on to number two, though. Number two is analyze and predict the full cost of future purchases. And we kind of already talked about this one. Yeah, this is where I talked about the kitchen and just know the, the appliances are part of the kitchen renovation. And a lot of people don't build that into the cost. Uh, here's one where just say you moved in, you moved into an an upper scale neighborhood. So you've been upgrading your house and you moved into a really nice neighborhood and you've got, you know, 10 or 12 year old cars and everyone in your neighborhood's got, you know, two or three year old cars. Are you going to feel the pressure at a subconscious level to upgrade your cars? Is that the Diderot effect? I'd say yes. Or, or, or is that keep keeping up with the Joneses? I think what would be worse is like if you buy, um, uh, if if you have two cars, saying you upgrade one, the other one's gonna seem really uh, old I, or junky. No, but Actually, the new that's, that's the new the new neighborhood though is new. Like all this starts with with new things. So you're kind of you you started the Diderot effect by moving into a new neighborhood into a new home. Like are, that's true. Are the that's cars in, are the cars in your driveway an accessory to your lifestyle? They are. Kind, I would say so. kind of right on a very large scale. They kind of are. Well, we always say that the kind of the two big purchases that really determine your lifestyle and how long your wor- you'll work and what your sa- what your savings looks like is your home and your car, the two biggest expenses. So if you're throwing a lot of money at your home and your car, then that's really going to determine your lifestyle. So, so to stay out of the impact of the Diderot effect is maybe don't, don't live at, at the upper edge of your means, meaning that, you know, don't live in, in the most expensive neighborhood you can afford because the Diderot effect is going to, it's going to cost you even more. No, and I think, I think that all goes back to becoming aware of it. I mean, become aware that, that these are all side effects. So it, it, hearing that, that example, Trevor, it makes sense that maybe we do get, we got caught up in it so easily. One simple kind of decision to move into a specific neighborhood really kind of determines a lot. I mean, and then, then bring in the neighbors that you're around. Maybe they invite you for dinner and you see their home and you come back to your home and that's a comparison analysis right there. And, and you know, to take it further, you know, y- your kids start hanging around with the other kids in that upscale neighborhood. And next thing you know, you're rather than playing soccer, your kids are taking yachting lessons, you know, and, and who knows what that would cost. And then as a parent too, to go a little bit further, like you, you, you're, you want your, maybe your child wants to dress like their friend in their neighborhood and that, and then you want the best of your child. And yeah, that, I guess, you know, moving into an, an, a neighborhood that, you, you know, is at the upper edge of your affordability, that could be the, the utopia of the Diddy effect. So let's move on to number three and number three is avoid, 
avoid unnecessary new purchases. And I like this one because if, if you buy used, a lot of times it's impossible to buy the matching accessory, right? So if you, if you bought a used whatever, even if you say you bought a used table, you might have to buy chairs that don't match. Like it, I think buying new, it, it's almost guaranteed you won't fall victim to the Diderot effect. And I think um, new new things will always seem so much better than used things. And I think used things, when you buy used things, you're accepting flaws in it. And I think so. It'll, it's not perfect, just like all your other things that you own. I, I agree. And usually when you're buying used, you're, you're looking that it meets the bare minimum functional utility of whatever it is you're, you're buying. If it's a if it's coat, it, it really just has to keep you warm and dry. It doesn't have to look uh, fashion forward. So it's... I think buying used is a, is almost a guarantee that you're not going to fall victim to the Diderot effect. So does that does that mean that maybe you avoid kind of trying new things? Do, does that mean you kind of limit yourself, maybe your hobbies that you take on? Or does that just mean you're kind of more mindful about replacing your whole kitchen or kind of doing things like that? Well, I think it might be good as if you were to, you know, just say clothes were your Achilles heel. That was your, your weak point. So if you just focused on buying secondhand clothes, I, I think that may solve that aspect of your problem, right? If, if that's where your problem lies. So you kind of can still purchase things, but you're kind of doing it in a more, maybe more more economical and, and quote unquote safe manner. Well, just know your weakness. And if whatever your weakness is, if you can, you know, move to, to the used market, then maybe you stay out of that problem. So the second last point within how can we overcome the Diderot effect is remind yourself that possessions do not define you. And I like this one because uh, you, you know, the, the fancy cars in the driveway of the upscale home is a, is the, a great example of if, if you think a car is going to, you know, say who you are, or what you're about, then you have bigger problems. So it, and if if the Ditto effect is causing you to buy cars you can't afford, I, I, I think you need to re- reevaluate your priorities. I think um, that that's a good point of, uh, and I think it's been a thing that keeps coming up. But is is how uh, keeping up with the Joneses and and your quality of life uh, relate directly to your um, to the Ditto effect? I think I think they they go very hand in hand. And the last one here is number five, and it's buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. And and this really relates back what, to what we've been talking about. And this is my, I keep going back to this same thing. I like to assess things I own and, and assess their functional utility. Are they meeting their functional utility? Meaning, does my fridge keep my food cold? You know, it, it may not be stainless steel, but it's keeping my food cold. That That's a, a sign that you don't need to replace it. You know, that's... That is, and, and we all have our weaknesses. I joke about my Bluetooth earbuds. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I've bought Bluetooth earbuds and I, there's ones that still work and would have met the functional utility of whatever I needed them for. I know my weakness. I, I have an accountability partner that helps me through that, but I, I don't know. And Mike, you said the one thing, does it add value to your life is another good assessment. And and Trevor, I, I agree with that. I think that's a kind of a good question to ask yourself. And so that, does it add value to your life? And, and what was your other question? That Oh, the, the uh, functional, functional utility. utility. Yeah, I yeah. think those are two good questions. I think we can, I mean, 
a lot of it's behavioral and behavioral can only kind of be corrected or changed or altered by by being very persistent and, and very, very driven and focused, um, laser focused on on what's important to you. So I think I think those are two great things to constantly run through your mind. What is the function utility and does it add value? And and the, the whole thing with the function utility I find really interesting is that um whenever it is like uh like our human nature is always to be attracted by like shiny things so whenever you go above that functional utility that that's when you everything else seems inferior like i and i think that's that's why like i think it's a good test i, I like that so those are the five things about how we kind of can overcome the ditter effect with the number one being become aware it is happening and i think that's a really i guess the start of it is just be aware and i i think I don't know. I think this has been a great kind of concept that, again, we knew was happening just like every other philosophical concept, but we maybe didn't have a name around it or a conscious awareness. So before we kind of end the show today, do you guys have any final thoughts or takeaways or anything that kind of inspire our listeners? Know the Diderot effect is happening to you. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but be aware of it and make sure you're not being marketed to or sold to and you'll never become a victim. And I, I think it's a great time to kind of ask you, our listeners, is there a time that maybe you you look back and realize that you have fallen victim to the Diderot effect or even opposite, a time when you became aware that you that it was happening and, and you kind of backed out as soon as you could. So um, that's the end of today's show. Thank you so much for being here with us today and, and talking about this concept that I we all find kind of really interesting. Um, if you if you want to send us any comments or questions about the show or any future show topics, you can always reach out to us at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com or over at our website at livelifesimple.ca. There's a contact submission form. Just, just put everything in there and we'll get to it. Um, we definitely, we're going to do, when we kind of accumulate a few more comments and, and questions from our last one, we're going to put out a new Q&A listener episode dedicated to answering your questions and comments. And until next week, keep it simple.